What's going on, everybody? So I want to let everybody know about my new merch brand. Okay, so I just got one of my new t-shirts that came in yesterday. The reason why I created this brand was because I wanted everybody to think about allowing the stock market to pay for everything that you need. So if you want to go on vacation this summer or go on vacation later this year, don't pay for it, trade for it. If you need to pay for your daughter's tuition, don't pay for it, trade for it. If you want to get an investment property, a beach house, or whatever your life truly desires, don't pay for it, trade for it. If this is a brand that you want to be a part of, that you want to rock, look, go to www.tradeforyourself.com, click catalog, and go look at the products that I have. On top of that, I've got free shipping on all orders. So this is the perfect opportunity for you to rock up on a t-shirt like this. Look, remember, don't pay for it. Trade for it. I'm going to catch y'all later on the other side. What's going on, everybody? Hope everybody is doing well. Back at it again with another episode of the Trade for Yourself podcast. You know, I'm very glad we are back at it again. The market, we came back on again. You know, the market, we had another green day. And so, you know, the market's been working. The market's been working through a lot of things that's been going on with economics and geopolitical risk. But it was very good to have a green day in the market today. All right. I appreciate everybody for tapping in as always. So, I don't want to hold up anybody else's time. So please welcome back to another episode of the Trade for Yourself podcast, where my mission here is still very simple. I just want to help you learn how to trade and invest in the stock market for yourself. So please like the video. Please like the video. Please subscribe. Please hit that notification bell. So whenever, so whenever I come on to YouTube, it will automatically come to your phone, your iPad, whatever device you have. Okay, look, disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor, nor am I a fiduciary. Okay, I don't manage money professionally. So please do your own research before investing into any stocks. As always, you, you guys know, the people that have been rocking with me, you guys know I've got my exclusive merch. Don't pay for it, trade for it, t-shirts. Okay, if you want one of these t-shirts, if you want two of these t-shirts, if you want three or more of these t-shirts, please go to www.tradeforyourself.com, okay? Free shipping on all orders. So that's giving you a good opportunity, okay, to just tap in and get a hold of some good exclusive merch. So let's go ahead and talk about the episode topic for today. We're going to be talking about Google stock, okay? Google stock analysis for this episode, ticker symbol G-O-O-G-L and G-O-O-G. And we're going to talk about the differences between those two. So I don't want to hold up anybody else's time. So let's tap right into this episode, okay? Let's go right into it. I'm going to share my screen really quickly here so we can tap in and go ahead and do what we need to do today. All right, so let's start off this episode by looking at Form 10K. Now, now, what is the 10K? Now, this is very, very important when you wanna research companies. The Form 10K is the annual report that companies are required to file every single year. So if you wanna, if you wanna easily be able to research companies and be able to get these documents, all you have to do is go to Google, Go to Google, tap in the company's name, and then behind it, type in investor relations, right? Investor relations, that will send you directly to the company's investor relations page 
you can get so you can get tapped into the form 10k which is which is the annual report um 10q which is your quarterly report earnings releases and things of that nature now alphabet now alphabet is the parent company of google okay so so the company is alphabet but we just call it google like people use alphabet and google interchangeably when talking about the stock and talking about the company now google actually has two classes of stock g-o-o-g-l is the ticker that's class a stock and g-o-o-g is another ticker that's class c stock now the difference between these two tickers is that class a stock you have voting rights so as a shareholder of a business and when you own shares in a company, you have voting rights. And so the company will send you certain proxies whenever it's time for you to vote on certain things. So, for example, Google had a 20 for one stock split that actually came into fruition last month. But shareholders had to actually vote on that. Right. The shareholders had to actually vote on that. And so the only people that were able to vote were the individuals that, that were holding the class A stock. Now, class C stock, you don't have any voting rights. Now, the one thing I want to keep in mind is that both of these stocks move exactly the same. They move exactly the same. And I believe the stock prices are exactly the same as well. But if the goal for you, if you believe in Google as a long-term business, I suggest that you purchase G-O-O-G-L. Okay, because you want to be able to purchase those shares, build a position and be able to have saying power and be able to have voting power. You can use G-O-O-G if you just want to trade. If you if you just want to get into a trade, you can use G-O-O-G like that's no problem. But just keep that in mind about the difference between those two classes of stock. Now. Let's go ahead and go into Google's business. We, we need to look into the business. Every time you look into a company, you need to establish the business. Now, Alphabet, now let's talk about Alphabet. Alphabet is a collection of businesses, right? And if you look at Alphabet, and if you, and if you can imagine an organizational chart, Alphabet would be at the top, and then the two segments that would come down would be Google, and it would be other bets now other bets is a collection of just small companies in terms of like it's kind of like it's kind of like pretty much google having their own startup fund in a way investing in small companies and they're investing in technology that they believe will come into fruition over the next five to ten years on the other side you have google now google has two other segments you've got google services and you've got google cloud right and that's how the business is broken down. Now let's talk about let's talk about Google as a business and what is very important to them. Google is Google wants to use artificial intelligence and quantum and quantum computing in order to be able to utilize search. Now this is what Google really truly this is what is really important to Google. The mission for Google is for them to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful is as relevant today as it was when they were founded in 1998. So at the end of the day, Google's mission as a company is for you to be able to get all the information that you need universally, and it can be readily accessible and useful. See Google search, see YouTube right now. Let's talk a little bit about the CEO of the company. The CEO of the company is Sundar Pichai. Now, 
he had now he was the CEO of Google. He became the CEO of Google in 2015 and he became the CEO of Alphabet in 2019. Now, he has been with the company for about 20 years, so he's a veteran with the company. And so he understands this machine called Google. You know, like he was the CEO of Google and he transferred right over into Alphabet CEO. So that's that's very, very good. And so management, understanding management is very, very important. And I'm glad to have him because he's a very smart CEO. He knows a lot about computer science. He knows a lot about artificial intelligence. He knows a lot about quantum computing. And it's very important for him for Google and the employees at Google and the people that work at Google to solve problems. That, that's very, very important for the CEO of Google is for the company to solve problems. Now, like I said before, Google is very committed to using artificial intelligence and quantum computing to be able to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. Now, the one thing I want to want you guys to understand is that Google is a very, very powerful business. A very, very Google search itself is a very, very powerful software. Every single year, there are trillions of searches on Google and 15% of the searches that they see every single day are new. And so what they do is they continue to invest deeply into AI and other technologies to ensure the most helpful search experience possible. Now, the company has invested over $100 billion in research and development over the last five years. Now, this is very, very good. And this is what I want you to understand. Google is a $1.5 trillion company. It's a top five company in the S&P 500 in terms of market, in, in terms of market cap. But over the last five years, they are averaging $20 billion per year in research and development. Research and development, companies that invest in research and development and companies that invest heavily into research and development, they are, they are pretty much very focused on growth. And Google is a growth company that's still focused on growth. So that's exactly what I want to see. This is exactly what I want to see, especially when I want to invest in companies that are really, truly primed for growth. And, and I'm, I'm really, truly glad to see that research and development. Now, let's talk about how does Google make money? It's very, very important whenever you're researching a business and you're trying to understand how I should look at this business, how is the company making money? So one arena that the company makes money is from Google services. Now, Google services generates revenue primarily by delivering both performance and brand advertising that appears on Google search and other properties, YouTube and Google network partners properties, right? We continue to invest in both performance and brand advertising and seek to improve the measurability of advertising so advertisers understand the effectiveness of their campaign. So you've got performance advertising, which creates and delivers relevant ads that users will click on leading to direct engagement with advertisers. And you've got brand advertising, which helps enhance users' awareness of and affinity for advertisers' products and services, right? So Google is really, truly an advertising company. They, they are the ad-generating king, right? They are the ad-revenue-generating king. So we need to keep this in mind and understand that Google is number one, in my opinion, in terms of advertising. Now, as you continue to look to the future 
and they are making long-term investments that they expect to grow revenues beyond advertising, right? Beyond advertising, including revenues from Google Play, hardware, and YouTube non-advertising. So Google Play, Google Play generates revenues from sales of apps and in-app purchases and digital content sold in the Google Play store. So this is for my Android individuals. The Android individuals, they use Google Play, okay? And now, now, if you look at a parallel Apple, you have the Apple store, right? So pretty much Google is in charge of Android. Apple is in charge of app, is in charge of the app store. So, so pretty much just put that into perspective. That'll tell you how large Google is and what they really truly have power over. Hardware, their hardware generates the sales from Fitbit wearable devices, Google Nest home products. So pretty much your smart home products. Google Pixel phones and other devices. And YouTube non-advertising generates revenue from YouTube Premium and YouTube TV subscriptions and other services. Now, now that's the Google services. That's one side. The other side of the way that they make money is through Google Cloud. Now, Google was a company that was built in the cloud. We continue to invest in infrastructure, security, data management, analytics, and AI. We see significant opportunity in helping businesses utilize these strengths with features like data migration, modern development environments, and machine learning tools to provide enterprise-ready cloud services, including cloud platform and Google Workspace. Now, pay attention to all of these things that are being integrated on this Google Cloud. Google Cloud Platform enables developers to build, test, and deploy applications on its highly scalable and reliable infrastructure. Google Workspace collaboration tools, which includes apps like Gmail, Docs, Drive, Calendar, Meet, and more, are designed with real-time collaboration and machine intelligence to help people work smarter. Because more and more of today's digital experiences are being built in the cloud, Google Cloud products help businesses of all sizes take advantage of the latest tech technology advances to operate more efficiently. Now, the Google, Cloud, the, the Google Cloud platform generates revenue from infrastructure, platform, and other services. Google Workspace generates revenues from cloud-based collaboration tools for enterprises, such as Gmail, Docs, Drive, Calendar, and Meet. Our cloud services are generally provided on either a consumption or subscription basis and may have contract terms longer than a year. Now, Google's cloud business is fairly young, okay? And, we, and when I think about cloud and I think about cloud for enterprise, I think about three companies. I think about Amazon, who's number one. I think about Microsoft, who's number two. And I look at Google Cloud being number three. Now, Google is the smallest of all of those cloud businesses. But since they're the smallest, that gives them the opportunity to have a bigger revenue run rate, that they can be able to have a good growth rate since they are the smallest of the three. Now, the last now the last area where they make money, other bets. Now, across Alphabet, we are using technology to try to solve big problems that affect a wide variety of industries. Alphabet's investment in the portfolio of other bets includes emerging businesses at various stages of development, ranging from those in the R&D phase to those that are in the beginning stages of commercialization. And our goal is for them to become thriving, successful businesses in the medium to long term. While these early stage businesses naturally come with considerable uncertainty, some of them are already generating revenue and making important strides in their industry. 
Revenues from other bets are, gener are generated primarily from the sale of health technology and internet services. Now, other bets operate as independent companies. So pretty much the companies operate pretty much independently, okay? They operate as independent companies, and some of them have their own boards with independent members and outside investors. We are investing in a portfolio of other bets and being very deliberate, very deliberate about the focus, scale, and pace of investments. Now, this is what's important about this. So Google will purchase a company and that company will become a subsidiary underneath Alphabet and they will be, you know, they will be in that other bet segment generating revenue from Google. So those are the three ways that Google makes money. A lot of people don't really think about, they think about Google, they think about search, they think about everything that they own, but they don't really think about it and break down, you know, you know what I'm saying, how they really make money. Now, the competition. Now, Google is in so many different areas, right? So if you look at competition, Google is involved in so many tech industries, but that also means they have many competitors. Now, the business is categorized by rapid change as well as new and disruptive technologies. We face formidable competition in every aspect of our business, including from. Now, I'm not going to go through all of these, okay? I, I encourage y'all to go through the 10K and y'all read the competition yourselves. But just to give you a few, like I said, Google owns the Google Play Store, which is which is the Android operating software, right? They they directly compete with Apple because if you because nine times out of ten, if you don't have an iPhone and you're not on iOS, you're on Android. So Apple is a major competitor. Like I said, Google Cloud. Google Cloud is the smallest behind Microsoft, behind Microsoft and Amazon, right? But but they're the youngest too, right? But you also got other cloud people that, that they're competing against. They're competing against Salesforce. They're competing against Adobe. They're competing against Meta, right? Okay, let's think about it from a, let's also think about other competitors they have. Like I said, Google is an ad revenue machine, but, but who are they competing against? From, from an ad perspective, they're competing against Meta. They're competing against um, Snapchat. They're competing against which, which is not a very good company, by the way. They're competing against Microsoft. They're competing against Apple. They're competing against Amazon. So they're competing against so many different people in terms of all the businesses that they have. So just keep this in, keep this in mind that Google is competing against a lot of different companies. Now, what do I want to talk about next? Now, let's talk about the risk factors. Now, you know, it's very, it's very good to talk about how business is performing, talk about how big the market cap is, to talk about the stock price, to talk about you know what the technology is doing. But we have to understand the risk factors that are associated with a specific company. And so I wanna, and so what I want to do is I, I want to pretty much highlight a major risk that I believe is very, very important to the company. Now, the major risk that I think for Google is that we generate a significant portion of our revenues from advertising and reduce spending by advertisers, a loss of partners or new and existing technologies that block ads online and or affect our ability to customize ads could harm our business. Now, this is a major risk to the company. Why? Because Google generated more than 80% of their total revenues from the display of ads online in 2021. Many of our advertisers, companies that distribute our products and services, digital publishers and content providers 
can terminate their contact their contracts with us at any time. So the one thing you have to understand is that advertising can be cyclical, can be cyclical, and the and the economic environment can pretty much affect how people are spending money on advertisement, right? Spending money on advertisement. But if you're spending money on advertisement and you're a major corporation, you're probably using, you're probably advertising through Google and you're probably advertising through Facebook and you're probably advertising through Instagram and TikTok. So you're doing so many, so your ad business is so much larger. But if you're, but, but if you have so many different platforms that you are advertising on, I believe that you would cut your Snapchat advertising budget before you cut your Google advertising budget. I think you would cut your Twitter advertising budget before you would cut your Google advertising budget because you understand the billions of people and the trillions of searches that happen every single year on the platform. So you're going to have those eyeballs that are going to be able to find your brand. Now, like I said before, Google does face intense competition. If they do not continue to innovate and provide products and services that, products and services that are useful to users, customers, and other partners, we may not remain competitive, which could harm our business and operating results. Okay, so understand that Google is in a lot of competition. So you have to understand what is the competitive advantage. I believe that they have a good competitive advantage by being the largest advertising platform, right? The largest advertising platform. And they and they are they they're, they're a technology company. Like Google is housed in the communication services sector, but they're really truly a technology company. Why? Because what they say, what's important to them? What's important to them is that you are able to get your information readily, readily accessible and is very useful. And they do that through the use of artificial intelligence and quantum computing, which is the cloud. So that's what I want you guys to really truly understand from the 10K. So let's leave the 10K for a minute and let's go over to Google's balance sheet. Now, now the balance sheet is, is what we always got to look at, y'all. The balance sheet is very important. So we're so what we're going to do is Google recently announced their second quarter earnings results. They recently announced them last year, not last year, last week, excuse me. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go through the balance sheet, go through the earnings results and see. What can we really take away? What, what can we take away from the business in this quarter? Now, the CEO, Sundar Pichai, he said, in the second quarter, our performance was driven by search and cloud. The investments we've made over the years in AI and computing are helping to make our services particularly valuable for consumers and highly effective for businesses of all sizes. As we sharpen our focus, we'll continue to invest responsibly in deep computer science for the long term. Now, Ruth Porat, Ruth Porat is the chief financial officer for the company. And, and for a lot of people in Wall Street, she is very, very respected as an executive. Okay, I want to say that, that, she, that, that she's almost, if not as respected as the former CFO or the former COO of Facebook, Sheryl Sandberg. So keep that in mind. Understand that the people that are the management of the company, you got to know who the management of the company is and are they respected in the industry? That's very important. Now, she said that our consistent investments to support long-term growth are reflected in our solid performance in the second quarter with revenues of nearly $70 billion in the quarter, up 13% versus last year or 16% on a constant currency basis. Now, we are focused on responsible capital allocation 
in support of our growth opportunities. Okay. So this is, so this is very good. So the company had $69.7 billion in one quarter and it was up 13% year over year. So like I said before, the company executed 20 for one stock split right last month. Now let's look at the revenues, the revenues. So, you know, revenues are, are up 13% year over year. And last year, the company had $61.8 billion in revenue, and that was up 62% year over year. So to put this in perspective, what I want us to understand is that the backdrop of COVID, COVID, COVID forced a lot of companies and a lot of industries to go digitally. And so last year, the company had 62% increase in revenues year over year. Now the company only has got 13%. The reason why that is, okay, the reason why that is, is because it's going to be very hard for these companies to compare their earnings to what they had in COVID. Like, like it's going to be extremely hard for a company of this size to continue to grow by 62% year over year. As long as we are looking at that double digit growth, that's exactly what I like to see. Now, operating income is $19.4 billion. It's up year over year. Well, what I like to see operating margin is a little bit is a little bit down though it's 28% in relation to 31%. Now the reason why it is is because of I believe constant currency. So pretty much Google bringing in revenue from other countries around the world but their but their currencies are not performing that well. They're, right their 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 currencies are not performing that well and so that's a problem and so that's eating into the margins and eating into the cost, right? So the net income ended up being $16 billion, which was lower than what the net income was last year, but that's okay. We understand that the company is trying to get through some things that's going through. Now, let's look at Google advertising. The company's doing $56.2 billion in terms of Google advertising. The company's making $40.6 billion from Google search. That's just searching on Google, Okay. 7.3 billion in terms of YouTube ads and 8.2 billion in terms of the Google network, right? The Google network. So that's looking at, I'm pretty sure that's probably including some of your Google Play revenue, your hardware devices. So that plus the other six plus, plus another 6.5 billion, the services business is giving you $62.8 billion, which is very, very good. Google Cloud is giving you $6.2 billion, which is above the $4.6 billion you had last year. So like I said before, when companies are smaller, they're able to grow more substantially, right? The other bets, other bets is up a little bit, $193 million in terms of revenue. And hedging gains, right, $375 million. So like I said, total revenue, $69.6 billion, which is very good. That's very good. Your total income. Now, the total income that we're looking at, $22.7 billion for your Google services. But if you look at these numbers in parentheses for Google Cloud, other bets, and corporate costs, those are losses. So right now, the Google Cloud business is not profitable. Okay? Your other bet segment is not profitable. Okay? You, you lost money in terms of corporate costs. But what we got to understand is that these businesses are very, very young in terms of the life stages, in, in terms of the life stages of the company. So I'm not really concerned about companies in the other bet segment that are supposed to be running on all cylinders 10 years from now being profitable. 
I, I want them to be able to invest into the business, take losses now so they can become profitable five, 10 years down the line. Google Cloud, like I'm pretty sure that Google is investing a lot of money into their data centers, right? Into their data centers, into their infrastructure, into trying to into trying to gain clients because this is a very competitive industry. Google Cloud is just so big right now. And so you've got some big institute, you got some big companies that, that you are going to be competing against. So it's company, so it's really truly something to keep in mind. Now, the balance sheet. Let's look at the balance sheet real quick because. Google has a strong balance sheet. I can't lie. The company has a very, very strong balance sheet. So the total current assets, right? Your total current assets, $172 billion, right? Your current, so pretty much your current assets, that's the money that the company is going to be, that's the, that's the money that, that the company is going to be able to get this year, pretty much within the next 12 months. That's the money that the company is due over the next 12 months. That is very, very strong. If we look at the cash and if we look at the cash on the balance sheet, the company has $107 billion in marketable securities, right? And $17.9 billion in cash and cash equivalent. So the company has nearly $125 billion in cash. $125 billion in cash. Let's relate that to the debt. $14.7 billion in debt. Right, so very, very low debt in relation to the amount of cash that they have. These are the businesses you want to be a part of because they have the money to be able to invest in other things and not have to worry about taking big losses. Your total current liability is only 61 billion. So, I mean, from a quick ratio perspective, let's, let's do some quick math right here. I got my calculator right here because we're going to be doing some math, y'all, and don't be intimidated by the math. The company has almost three to one in terms of current assets over your current liabilities. You always want that to be positive when you're looking at a business. So this is very good. I'm very impressed with the business, very impressed with a strong balance sheet. Keep that in mind. Okay, so let's look at our operating activities. So in terms of operating activities, and you look at it, the company has about $19.4 billion that they generated in net cash provided by operating activity. So that's very, very good. The company has strong operating cash flow. Okay, this is exactly what you want to see in a good company. And like I said prior, they ended the quarter with $17.9 billion in cash. So I like the company. I like the balance sheet. I like how the company is being able to perform and doing what they need to do. Now, let's look at your revenue structure because I really truly want to look at, okay, what's the difference between the revenue structure? So June, 2021, right? The company received about $19 billion from Europe, Middle East, right? The, the Europe, Europe and the Middle East, that's that EMEA. Your APAC, that's your Asia, that's your Asia Pacific, right? That they generate 11 billion from there. Your other Americas, other Americas, they generated 3.3 billion from the other Americas, and they generated 28.2 billion in United States revenue. And all of these are up prior, up over the prior year. But you just got to keep that, just keep that stuff in mind. Now, this right here is telling us what's going on from June 2020 to June 2021. Now, let, now let's look at the revenues from June 2021 
to June 2022. That's going to give us a better understanding of what's really truly going on with the company over a year over year basis. That was just that was pretty much from 2020 2021. Let's look at 2021 to 2022. So the company had 20 20.5 billion in EMEA, right? So that's so that's good. That's up 8% year over year. The company had 11.7 billion from your Asia Pacific APAC. That's up 4%, which is good. The other America's revenue was up pretty good, though. It was up pretty good. It went up, it went up to 4.3 billion, up 29%. That's what I like to see. And your United States revenue up to 32.7 billion, up 16%. So the company is continuing to grow over the long term and is doing exactly what I think it needs to do to be successful. Now, we talked about the earnings, we talked about the balance sheet. Let's talk about valuation, okay? Because this is very, very important. If you're going to invest in singular stocks, you do not want to just buy them at any given price. You don't want to buy stocks at any given price. You, you don't want to you don't want to buy stocks overvalued. So you want so the question is, and the question we have to ask is: what is Google stock worth? What is the business worth? And I have a simple valuation metric that we can utilize to determine if the business is overvalued or undervalued. Now, how are we going to do that? How am I going to determine if Google is overvalued or undervalued? Now, the way I'm going to do this, I'm going to use the P-E ratio. Now, what is P-E? What does P-E stand for? P-E stands for price to earnings multiple, right? So pretty much the P-E ratio, the number that you pay, right? The P-E ratio pretty much just means that, let's, let's, let's say the P-E ratio was 20 for a company, right? Let's say it was 20. That means that if you buy Google stock when the P-E is at 20, that means you're paying $20 for every $1 of profit that the company generates. Now, what does that necessarily mean? So the one thing I want to say is, is that when you're looking at a company singularly, when you're looking at a company singularly, the PE is important, but you will want to but you want to compare the PE to other companies in your industry, other companies in your sector, right? You, you don't want to compare the PE of Google to the PE of Caterpillar because Caterpillar is an industrial company. The way they make money, the way they generate money is totally different from the way Google generates money. You would want to you want to compare the PE from Google to a company like Meta, a company like Meta, right? That's directly in the industry or a company like Netflix, right? Be, be, because they're all in the, because they're in the same sector, right? So you want to compare the PE of companies in the same sector and in the same industry. Now, how are we going to do this? So the, the way we want to do this, you want to take the PE ratio. And when I say the PE ratio, the forward P.E. ratio. What is the forward P.E. ratio? The forward P.E. ratio is, is the P.E. ratio in the earnings that that's the market or analysts are expecting the company to have over the next 12 months, right? So, so you've got full, so you've got forward P.E. and you've got trailing P.E. When you're purchasing companies and you're purchasing stocks, you're purchasing the company because you want to be able to achieve the growth over the long term, the future growth. You don't want to get the growth that's already occurred. You, you, you want to pay for the company based on the growth that is anticipated to come. So 
the forward PE for Google is 18.61. All right. So, so let's go through this. So let's go through this valuation calculation. So the PE ratio is 18.61. That's the forward PE based on what is expected for the company to earn over the next 12 months, right? So you take the PE ratio and you have to multiply it times the annual EPS. Your EPS is your earnings per share. So we're going to take 18.61 and we're going to multiply it times the annual expected earnings. Now, I am using this Zach's research report. And if you have a Fidelity account, you can get this free Zach's research report that can give you a gauge, give you, give you the analyst expectations of what the EPS and the, and the P will be for Google over the next year. Now, the annual estimate from an EPS standpoint is $6.29 per share. So you would take that 18.61 that we had from the PE and multiply it times the EPS. 6.29, that's going to give you $117.06. So the base case, the base case valuation for what Google is worth based on these metrics, based on a PE forward and multiplying times EPS, Google is worth $117.06. So that's just the base case. Now, the company could be a little bit, you know, the company could be worth a little bit more than 117. It could be worth a, a little bit less than 117. And also, another thing I want to tell you is that a company is not going to be trading for what it's worth all the time. A company could have a dislocation in price. That means it's going to be fluctuating. It could be fluctuating way overvalued, or sometimes it could be fluctuating way undervalued. So now, since we have $117.06, I don't want you to purchase Google for more than $117.06. So now, let's go to the chart, right? Let's. This is fun right here. Now, let's go to the technical analysis. Let's look at where Google is. Let's look at where Google is from a year-to-date standpoint. Now, Google has been consolidating a lot in a range. Google has really, truly been consolidating in a range. But let's mark... Let's mark the valuation that we have for the company. So what the company is worth. We've got 11.117.06. Let's mark that. Oh, my bad. I'm, I'm doing the wrong thing, y'all. Let's, um, let's draw a horizontal line. Let's make it orange, right? Let's make it orange. And 117.06, right? So... That's the base case value. That's the base case valuation for Google. Base case. Base case valuation. Oh, I can't spell. Base case valuation, right? So that base case valuation is at 117.06. So you don't want to pay more than $117.06. For this company. Now, let's introduce margin of safety here for a second, right? So what's a margin of safety? The margin of safety is you being able to get the company on a discount, right? So pretty much, so pretty much, you know, this worth $117.06, but a margin of safety would put you into a situation to where you're, you know, that you know what the company is worth, 
but you got it for less than what the company is worth. So you can mark these base case. So this is your base case and your purchase prices can be based on the margin of safety. So your purchase prices can be 10% discounted, 20% discounted, and 30% discounted. Those could be your buy-in prices. So 117.06, you take 10% from that, that'll put you at 105.35. And if you look at that, that lines you right up with some support. With some support, right? We got some support right here, right around 105.35. So 105.35 would be that 10% discount. Let me let me let me write that down real quick. That's a 10% discount. So 105.35 is a 10% discount to the base case valuation. So now, so it's like, okay, so now it's like. If I know, if I know that, so think about it in, in, in pairs of Jordans, right? If if I know the Jordans are worth 180, but I'm able to grab them for 150, I'm in a discount, right? I'm in a discount right there. So now what you will want to what you will want to really consider doing is you will want to get Google around 105.35. Now I'm not mad at you for buying it at 117.06, right? I'm, I'm not mad at you for buying it there but a better price would have that 10% discount to the base case valuation. Okay, what would be the 20% discount to the base case valuation? That would put you at $93.64, right? $93.64, that would be the 20% discount to the base case valuation. Okay, that's 20% discount to the base case valuation. Okay, trading views acting crazy. So 20% discount, okay. And the 30%. Now, 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 now the 30% is the last one I'm going to mark on here because this is pretty much just giving you levels where you want to buy the company at. Now, just because I have these levels on here, it does not mean that Google is going to come down to these levels. It doesn't mean that. But if you're patient enough, right, if you're patient enough, you can have an opportunity to be able to get this stock at these prices, right? That's, that's the one thing you want to keep in mind when you're looking at this stuff. You want to make sure that you are, you are continuously, right, buying companies on a discount. So you've got your base case valuation. So again, let's do a quick review. Your base case valuation. So you get that by taking the forward PE number for a stock. It's for any stock. Take the forward PE and you multiply it times next year's annual earnings, right? In this case, this gave us $117.06. So that's the base case. You do not want to purchase this stock. You do not want to buy long-term shares in this stock above $117.06 because now you're purchasing because, because now you could be purchasing the stock at an overvalued price. To give yourself a margin of safety, you would take a 10% discount, 20% discount and 30% discount from the base case valuation. So, pretty much if you want to be a conservative investor, the first price you would start buying Google shares at would be 105.35 which coincides right with the support level. So that's that's the perfect area right there because 
you've got that 10% discount to the base case valuation. On top of that, you're lining up with the support because Google's been, Google has been consolidating in the range that it's in since April. It's been consolidating in this range pretty much between the base case and 10% discount over the last three to four months, which is amazing to think about that we are in August of 2022. That is amazing. Now, we've got these levels marked for us, okay? I want to look at Google from a, from, from a historical standpoint. Now, we understand that we want to, that we want to buy the stock, right? And, and, we, and, and if you're buying these companies, right, you're buying these companies because you believe in them over the long term. Now, over the long term, now, whenever you're buying a stock, I also want you to look at the long term trend. What's the five-year trend, right? What's the five-year trend? The five-year trend for this company is up and to the right. So the last thing I want to do is I want to drop the Fibonacci tool. You know, I love our Fibonacci. I want to drop our Fibonacci one last time to see where we're buying this stock in relation to where the all-time highs have been and the major swing low. So like I get, so like I said again, Fibonacci retracements. We're going to draw from the all-time high, right? The all-time high down to 2020 or 2020 lows. That's where we're going. We're going all the way down to our 2020 lows. Now, Fibonacci, 50% retracement. That line, that 50% retracement lines up pretty close to that 10% discount. So we're getting an, an even cheaper discount, right? The year-to-date low that we've had was 101.88, which was right in line with that 50% retracement, right? 50% retracement. You've got your you got your 618 fib level. That's still below the base case valuation. So I'm not mad at an entry there. And then if you can get an entry down here at the 0.382 fib level, 89.11, now you're in, now you're below a 20% discount, which is which is which is very, very good for this company, right? I don't see Google coming down to 93.64. I see Google being able to retest 105.35. I don't necessarily see in them retest 9364 and 81.94. We've got to have Armageddon in the market. We've got to have something, something, I want to say something catastrophic is going to have to happen for us to come down here to 81.94. So this is very, very good. I'm glad that you know I'm able to give you guys some fundamental analysis because what because what do we want to talk about? Because we want to talk about fundamental analysis the fundamental analysis has to go with the technical analysis you see a lot of people want to compete it's, it's kind of like when you look at investments right when you look at investments you've got real estate you've got stocks you've got crypto you've got businesses right people want to compete they want to compete and say what what's, what's the better investment is it real estate is it stocks no i'm not competing in terms of investments i need them all i want real estate and stocks and crypto and a business i want it all right? Same thing in terms of trading. People say, oh man, fundamental analysis is more important. Well, the technical analysis is more important. You need them both. You need to be able to understand what a business is worth over a period of time. So, so you need, especially if you're buying the stock over a period of time, even if you're trading, whatever you're doing, you want to understand what the base case valuation is and understand what the discount is to the base case valuation that's going to give you an opportunity to really maximize your gains then maximize your gains so you can be able to take profit at good levels. This is what I like to see. This is really, really, truly what I like to see. Now, before we get out of here, 
I want to go through the last thing. I want to go through our other bet segment, right? What are Google's other bets? Now, like I said, now, like we said before, the other bets are pretty much Google's way to invest into technology over the long term, right? So let's go through a few of these other bets and what these companies got going on. I want to go through all of them very, very quickly here to see, because I'm telling you, because like I said before on Instagram, follow me on Instagram at Mr. Devon Elder, M-R-D-A-V-O-N-E-O-D-E-R. And I, I did a reel about Google stock and what they did. And I said that Google could be investing into industries that we may not be totally aware of. And so this is why you got to do your research. <laughs> this is why you got to go through these annual reports. Now, first company, DeepMind. DeepMind released the AlphaFold Protein Structure Database in partnership with the European Molecular Bio Biology Laboratory more than doubling the number of high-accuracy human protein structures available to researchers. The database is already helping over 400,000 researchers across a huge variety of fields to accelerate their work. And now DeepMind plans to add over 100 million structures, almost every sequence protein known to science. Now, this is very technical. This is very technical, but this is, but this is what we're talk talking about in the healthcare space. Like, I may not be very well versed in healthcare, but if Google has the tools and they have the people and they have the resources to know what companies to purchase, I'm going to let Google do that and I'm going to and I'm going to invest in Google and let them do other things on my behalf, right? Wing. Wing unveiled a new model for drone delivery that will allow expansion into densely populated metropolitan areas. Delivery drones will be staged at retail locations ready to fly directly to customers. Wing has launched the model in Australia and in the U.S., Walgreens will be the first retailer to use it. Now, now, now Google is trying to compete directly with who? Amazon, because Amazon just announced that they're going to be doing a drone. They're going to be rolling out a drone delivery, um, pretty much a drone delivery program as well in Texas later on in this year. So understand the way that we are delivering packages is going to change. So now Google is in this industry as well, just like Amazon. Okay, other bets, Waymo. Waymo is very, very big, okay? Waymo, 2021 marked the one-year anniversary of Waymo One, Waymo's fully autonomous ride-hailing service in Metro Phoenix that served tens of thousands of rider-only trips to thousands of paying customers. Waymo also welcomed its first riders in San Francisco through the Waymo One Trusted Tester Program. And throughout the year, Waymo Via delivered freight autonomously now, autonomously for key industry players, including JB Hunt and UPS. Now, me personally, on my LinkedIn account, I follow Waymo because I'm telling you, Waymo is doing some crazy things in terms of autonomous driving. So now, who else is in autonomous driving? Tesla. Right, so now Google is in this. Okay, who else is in it? Other companies like Mobileye and GM Cruise and all these different things. Google is implanting themselves in that autonomous driving. Very, very important. Right, Isomorphic Laboratories. We launched a new alphabet company. Isomorphic Laboratories, a commercial venture that will take an AI-first approach. Understand, keep understanding, keep understanding what Google is saying, AI. That's important to them, AI. AI first approach to reimagining the entire drug discovery process from first principles, and well as well as modeling and understanding some of the fundamental mechanisms of life. 
and X, right? X. X continues to produce a compelling range of options for Alphabet's long-term future. These include Intrinsic. Intrinsic, a new Alphabet company developing software tools to make industrial robots easier to use, less costly, and more flexible. Ambitious projects still in development, such as Tara, which is delivering high-speed, high-capacity connectivity over long distances and moonshots for the electric grid tapestry, sustainable agriculture, mineral, and ocean health title. Now, robots, what's, what's another thing? Tesla said what? They're investing in what? Robots. <laughs> robots, like understand that Google, under, Google understands what the workhorse is. They understand that the workhorse is advertising but they also understand that they have to be investing in these new technologies for growth over the long term. Now, right here, before we get out of here really quickly, let's look at some of the directors. Look at some of your directors. Look, look at the people that you've got on the board of directors. You've got Larry Page, who's a co-founder, and you got Sergey Brin, which is, which is another co-founder. I like the fact that the co-founders of this company are still on the board of directors. That is very good. Look, I want you all to please do your research, look into look into management, look into the people at, at the board of directors and see if these are the people that you want to be investing in and putting your money into. Now, this is all I got for Google stock analysis. This is all I've got. And I did my best to really truly put it into perspective what Google can do, right? I gave you... I gave you what Google can do, right? What they're capable of doing. We talked about the business, right? We talked about the business. We talked about the balance sheet. We talked about the different industries that they have, where they're trying to get into, right? We talked about the valuation. What's a base case price for Google stock? What's the base case price? And where can you get some discounts to the base case valuation so you can have what a margin of safety? Look, as always, y'all, I appreciate y'all for tapping in again to another episode of the Trade for Yourself podcast. Please like, please subscribe. Please make sure you hit that notification bell, please, so you can be in the know every time I drop an episode. Please, again, please like the video, okay, because this is going to be able to, to embed me into the algorithm and get this information out to multiple people, right? Remember, check out my website if you want to get a part of my exclusive merch www.tradeforyourself.com. And remember, don't pay for it. Trade for it. I'll catch y'all on the next one.